Welcome to the Tapped In Podcast, a production of the Bellingham Tap Trail. Tapped In covers the people, news, and events in and around Bellingham's craft beer scene. My name's Aaron, and I'm your host for today's episode. Before we get started, how are you doing on collecting those stamps? The brand new Tap Trail Passport is out now for the fall of 2017, so be sure to pick one up and collect those stamps to get some great prizes. If you want more craft beer news from in and around Bellingham between these podcast episodes, the best thing to do is to go to taptrail.com. That's where you'll find great news articles from what's going on in the Bellingham craft beer scene. All right, today we're featuring Gruff Brewing Company at 104 East Maple Street in downtown Bellingham. And I went down to have a chat with their brewmaster. Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to thank our sponsor, Hoppus Real Estate, for making this possible. Specializing in Wacom's core neighborhoods, understanding wants and fulfilling needs with community, craft, and comfort in mind. Located at 1012 DuPont Street across from the Lettered Streets Coffee House on Facebook and on Instagram. Thanks, Opus Real Estate. My name is Chris Bierman, head brewer slash only brewer. So oh, okay. Also one of the owners. So. And uh, how long have you been in existence for here? We are officially about one year open right now. I think we just missed our anniversary. We totally forgot to even check. <laughs> but <laughs> So you've been so busy that you forgot it was your birthday. Pretty much. Yeah. And by the time we figured it out, it was like, ah, well, we'll, we'll catch it next time. <laughs> you should but, do like a Christmas in July kind of thing, like just six months idea. later. Yeah. But, but it took us three years to build this building out. Right. So I feel like we've been at it for four years, but when you're really looking at when are we making money one year. All right. So your name is Gruff. Why did you decide to call yourself that? When you start figuring out your brewery or whatever business you're doing in life, the name is really important. I'm sure when you Cascadian beer podcast, I don't know if that was your number one pick. Uh, yeah, it was. Was it, was it the first choice though? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. For us, it took us a long time. It, we did Google Drives, and we, everyone we tried to come up with names. We really should pull the drive up again and maybe start naming some beers after the names that we were going to do brewery as oh, but here's a tip for you right now you should call your anniversary ales those old brewery names that's a good idea that's good i might take uh, that okay all right <laughs> uh but so it, we went through hundreds and hundreds of names and we finally landed on gruff uh, i think eric came up with it and uh he's my other partner my other two partners are jameson longman and eric white and we all grew up together he came up with it and it just kind of seemed to be what we were. You know, it took us three years to build out this old industrial building. Gruff or kind of rough around the edges. We don't seem to uh, do too much with advertisement or I don't know. It just really seemed to kind of embrace what we are. You know, we're just trying, we're, we're making beer. We're not trying to sell something that it's not. And it's not an acronym for anything or no, right. no I'm sure we could come up with one though. All right. <laughs> and we are at a very beautiful spot, um, which overlooks the Bellingham Bay. You have a massive outdoor area. So was this massive outdoor space kind of the initial driver for picking this location? Yes. When we first got in this building, it took us three years to build a building, but we were brewing before that even. So, I mean, gosh, we're on like five, six years of planning and getting here. Eric's dad had owned this building. And at one point, they were get, they were starting to get approached by these uh, condominiums and stuff like that to build another you know, large apartment complex here. We knew that we had this dream to do something and we approached him. He agreed to let us do it, but we had to do all the work ourselves. The place was kind of run down. So we had to, you know, clean it all up. But yeah, the location seemed good. When you start a business, even if you're making the greatest beer in the world, you know, if you have 
something that's way too far out of reach, you might not be able to make mo- enough money to mm-hmm. come. You need people. No matter what, you still run a business and you need to make money. We figured the location was pretty good. We really liked the outdoor area. We thought it was kind of unique in town. You know, before there was, this was, I'm trying to describe something, but it, you know, paint a word picture here. Yeah. You know, the beer garden, you just walk out from the tasting room into a large beer garden. That's, you know, maybe a hundred foot long fence that goes into a triangle. So then it comes on another leg. That's maybe 150 feet. And then there's a second tier. It kind of raises up and Mm -hmm. circles all around. But before this was, you know, we had to fill all this in. Anyway, short answer, we love the space and we figured it'd be worth the gamble of, you know, sacrificing years of our lives to, to make it open. And you guys have done a beautiful job. I mean, like it's, it's, it's a beautiful tap room. Thank like, you. Appreciate yeah, that. Let, let alone the patio. It's the interior space on a rainy day. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's nice. great as well. Yeah. When it really rains up here and you hear like, cause there's uh, metal roofs up here. You, when you hear the rain on, it's actually pretty cool. Right. So how did uh beer find you? Ah, uh, man. I was just asked this question the other day. I guess when I was much, much younger, around 16 or something like that, I got my first fake ID. And when we got our first fake ID and you go to a grocery store or you go to a gas station, you don't just grab every, you know, we didn't know enough that we should just be drinking Budweiser. Mm-hmm. At the time, I could get anything. For me, it was like, hmm, look at this 10%, you know, barley wine. I don't even know what that, that is, yeah. you know. Uh, I believe it was full sale at the time. And so I started drinking those and just getting into craft beer just because no one was telling me not to. Started getting a love for beer, you know, getting like snarky at a young age, which was really weird. But, you know, just being like, my friends were always just like, you know, get me some like, you know, Budweiser. And I'd be like, well, there's some other stuff in here. You like, you know, but we were also drinking like special beers and like all sorts of weird, juicy beers. But uh, from there, you don't also have a lot of money when you're young. Mm-hmm. And so we started brewing our own beer and it started in my parents' pump house that had the, there was a pump house and then there was like kind of a subfloor on it and it kind of kept the same temperature all year round. And we started out as just like ciders and stuff like that. And then slowly getting equipment and becoming a home brewer, I guess. So, and then I, I don't think I was really a very good home brewer until I was probably like in my twenties when I could afford to buy a real kid. But, and also had a couple of brews under your belt at that point, right? Yeah. Like it, it, it takes a few. Exactly. And as any home brewer will tell you, it just, it turns into this thing that's like, you know, it doesn't have to be the most expensive hobby, but you, you get so obsessed with it and you're just trying to compare your beers to commercial examples or, and you'll just start getting more and more equipment. I had, mm-hmm. like, you know, a couple thousand dollars set up by right. the end of it. I fell into that <laughs> trap too. Yeah. <laughs> But, and you're never satisfied. No, I'm still not satisfied. That's the problem is like, I mean, I guess it's a good trait. People say it's a good trait, but it's just like, you know, you just, it's, it's a weird, it's almost a sickness, you know, like I'll drink someone else's beer and I'll be like, this is great. And then people will be like, well, I think this is like, I think your beer might be better than this. I'm like, nah, well, mine's got, mine's got more work. This is fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whose idea out of the three of you was it to open this place then? I don't know exactly how that came because it's such a slow process, right? So I've been talking since high school that I wanted to open a brewery and my last name is Beerman. So everyone always suggested that to me anyway, right? So it was just always in the back of my mind. I think uh, Eric and Jamie. <laughs> you were born into it. <laughs> yeah, talk, I, talk about being born into your profession. Yeah. yeah. I had no choice. 
I mean, it must have been like five years ago now or something like that, that when we, it, it really happened when Jamie and Eric are friends of mine and they always knew that I could brew beer and they liked, they, you know, they were very supportive, but until we really found like a location and a space and like knowing that we could do this, then they came to me and they were like, do you think we could do this? And I'm like, what am I going to say? Of course, I think we can, <laughs> let's go for it, you know? Definitely took longer than we thought it would. Was the concept always tasting room or because you guys don't package your beer, right? No packaging of the beer currently. Mm-hmm. There's plans for that in the future. I mean, the original five years ago, we were thinking, hey, we could just do a production facility maybe out on Iron Gate and we could make beer for restaurants and just go under their label, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think like uh, uh, Fishtail does, does some things like that and kind of just an idea to start small. But when this location became available and you actually have to have a tasting room with a production facility in mm-hmm. this zoning. So there wasn't a choice. You had to do a tasting room. But we always, as soon as we walked through this building, we saw this space right here. We were like, yeah, we got to have a tasting room. And you know, when you're small like us, we're a very small brewery. We're uh, currently right now, we're two barrel. And so you have to have in-house sales to make that to support yourself. Are you kegging anything to ship it around the city? We have before. We've been up at the Racket and a couple other places in town. We probably will start picking up this winter. We have some plans to to really pick up production. All right. The beers that you're brewing, is there a particular theme to them? Or was there a style that you wanted to open with? Or are you just trying to make anything that interests you? As a home brewer, you know, you get bored with beers super quickly. And so We've always been trying to keep at least 12 beers on tap and kind of keep with creative ingredients. When we got on with uh, Skagit Valley Malting, that grain is so impressive and just what they're doing there is so impressive. It became really important for us to try to keep as local as possible. We're from this town and we're proud to be from this town and we really want to give back to the community. So any way we can stay local, we will. And then from there, it's to try to be creative. Uh, I mean, there are styles that I like more than other styles, and you know, our IPAs tend to be the same, but I don't think that we hold to any type of uh, motto of what we're going to do with our beer. I think we, if we decide that we want to do something more creative or totally different than what we're doing, we're going to go do it. Our groots were very different. We've done sage wits. You know, we are totally open to new ideas. Is there a brew that's become so popular that you just need to brew it all the time in this town uh ipas are king i think it's like 33 percent of all sales there's ipa in this town so we have to keep up with the ipa our east coast ipa sends, seems to be pretty uh popular which is kind of a unique we call it an east coast ipa but we filter it so it's not as uh, cloudy as what you see around town but uh it seems to be pretty popular so we try to keep that on tap we try to keep an ipa on tap we have a pineapple Hefeweizen that people get really into. And like, we have a lady that writes us like weekly and asks us if it's out. But for the most part, we try to keep 12 beers on tap and we're trying to keep something in the middle, like an ESB or an Amber or something like that. Try to keep a stout on tap, try to keep an IPA on tap, and then leave a little bit of room in there for some creativity. All right. So it took you three years to get going, open the doors. Sure. Uh, how will was that experience when you first opened? Like, were you full the first day? Did you run out of beer? What happened? Uh, the first day we opened. Yeah. Uh, first day we opened uh, officially, we had some soft openings, but the first day we officially opened, it was just packed. It was, uh, you know, Bellingham loves beer. And if you take three years to open a business, people will find out that you are going to open. So they were 
a lot of people were waiting. A lot of people in these apartments we grew to uh, have relationships with because they would see us working outside all the time. So there was a lot of people eager to support us when we opened. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great reception. We were pretty happy with it. So did any of the kegs run dry at that point? Oh, yeah. We went through an IPA like that. Yeah. Like we'd constantly yeah. go through it. Mm-hmm. Right. So what has been the greatest challenge in this whole process? Like what, what stood out and just really surprised you guys uh, in opening this business? And opening a business is just everything business oriented, right? One thing, it's a, one challenge to brew the beer. It's another challenge to actually run a business. We had to learn to serve, to do the accounting, to figure out the taxes, uh, you know, just even opening this place. When we thought we were Three or four plus years ago, when we started working on this building, we thought it was going to be like an 80s montage, you know, like you see, like there's going to be some painting. We're going to clean this up and we're going to be open here in like a month. Spraying each other with the hose. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it was right. going to wash yeah. us down. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. It wasn't like that at all. You know, there's tons of dealing with the city and, you know, you got to make sure everything's up to code. You got to make sure there's uh, handicap access everywhere. You need to make sure that there's fire exits. You know, there's, there's so much involved in that. And it's, you know, we rebuilt this wall twice. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's just all those things, you know, to expect them and everyone tells you, but until you actually do them and see how much minutia there is, you're just not prepared for it. And uh, you guys have food trucks arrive too, right? Yes, we do. Where, where do they set up? Cause we're kind of down an alleyway. Which sure. Is interesting. Uh, yeah, right here on the side of the beer garden here, we got this gate. It's a 12-foot gate, and it's actually a detachable piece of the fence. And we actually pull that part off the fence so the, the food truck becomes a part of the beer garden as it becomes part of the wall. And then people can just order from the beer garden. All right. When are you guys open? Because you're not open every day. No, we are open uh, Thursday through Sunday. We open on 3 on Thursday, and then 11 to close every other day. Sometimes it's like, till one but usually somewhere around there is there uh, any op- option to for expanded hours in the yeah, near future? yeah it looks like we are going to be opening up on wednesdays here pretty quickly and uh maybe even expand from there but that will be th- we're like a month away from releasing those details okay <laughs> so what is one thing that you wish somebody would have had told you in setting up a brewery <sighs> um I mean, besides just the minutia of it and, you know, I love brewing, you know, that was my hobby and I really, it's fun for me, you know, and I like, especially when I'm creating new recipes, it's really fun to go back and get into it again, you know, and start getting a bunch of examples and getting into brewing. But if you want to be a brewer and there's so much I have to do besides brewing that it's just like, you know, that's just half of my time and it's just, Mm -hmm. you know. It's it's not just brewing beer. It's it's running a business. It was going to be an '80s montage experience. Yeah, kind of it's brewing yeah. every day, right? Yeah. yeah no, like apparently, the '80s are over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how is Bellingham's beer scene to you? Because uh, you've only been open, we think, a year. I mean, you yeah. forgot the date, but <laughs> <laughs> but so you guys were kind of late to the game of of the Bellingham boom. Where was that an intimidation factor at all? Uh I mean, I suppose uh, when we started planning this, there was no Wanderer, there was no Aslan. Colshan had just opened maybe a year or so ago. And so I remember I was trying to sell one of my friends uh, way back there on opening a brewery before Colshan opened. Be- when Boundary Bay was the only one in town, 
I remember going there for my 21st birthday, and then I started going there quite a bit. They had these uh, reggae nights on uh, Wednesdays, and they were pretty popular. And you go there and drink craft beer and hang out with everyone your own age in town. I remember I was just like, we got to come on, guys. Let's get together. I mean, Boundary Bay is doing all lager or ales. We can do lagers. And then Chuck and I opened, I swear, like a year later. I'm just like, oh, man, that was such a great idea. I mean, they're killing it. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, man, I wish. Yeah, somebody beat so, me to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh, Colshan opened. And I'm just like, oh, man. I'm, I'm like, there's still plenty of room. There's a lot of room here. And so I get on board with Jamie and Eric. And in the middle of our process, we find out we're opening. You know, it took us years. So then and once you start, you can't stop. You know, like it just, you can't stop. But then all of a sudden, Aslan comes out of nowhere. I mean, they had uh, no year, nowhere relative to like our time frame, right? So where it takes us like three to four years to open the door, you know, within one year, it felt like they had opened a brewery even quicker with Wanderer. Uh, structures didn't take any time at all. Stone throw came in town. We, t- they, we figured that we'd beat them. We didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was pretty crazy, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, we have a lot of support from the community. Like there's a lot of people that seem to be really into what we're doing. I don't know if we hurt anybody else's sales. So I, I don't know those type of numbers. If people have days of the week where they're making less money than they used to before other breweries came in. But for us, we're making enough and we're still surviving after one year and we are looking at getting bigger. So no, I, I'm not too worried. I mean, I know there's some cideries coming into town. I'm pretty excited to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bunch more bars coming into town. You know, will that do anything to the market? I don't know yet. I mean, it might. Well, uh, how do you, how do you think Bellingham differs from elsewhere in the state in terms of the beer culture? We like to drink here. You know, you're from here as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, like, you it's know. It's a thirsty community, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. It, everything's built on drinking. It's real weird when you go somewhere and there's no beers and you're just like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> you expect me to go rock climbing without a beer? You know, it's just like everything, even sports that you would think that you're not supposed to be drinking with. They, you know, Bellingham drinks and does it. One of my friends, uh, I don't want to say his name because I don't know if he wants me to say this or not, but he used to live in Belgium and he says that we drink more beer here than in Belgium. He says everyone in Bellingham's and lightly saying a borderline alcoholic. You know, we are, we promote craft beer here. I don't even think, uh, besides Rainier, I don't think Budweiser sells well here at all, you know, or even maybe Coors Light and all those other ones. I mean, like, a good sign of that is I don't see any Budweiser umbrellas around town. So that's no. kind of, that's kind of a good indicator of yeah. how big they are in a market. Yeah. I, I think the community is educated enough to know what's craft and what's not, and they seem to care. And, and not only just beer, I, I really believe that Bellingham does really support local businesses in any fashion and everybody is very conscious about buying locally. Yep. Um, and so I think that also just plays in, into a big role and, and obviously that benefit you guys. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bellingham always was a, uh, a blue collar town, right? And so as, I feel like this community has always supported itself and always tried to keep things in house here. You try to create businesses. There's not a lot of jobs here, right? So you got to support the town if you want. Mm-hmm. And you having know. a university helps too. Yeah. That in the giant hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about you guys are trying to expand, go out. There's possibly some packaging coming down the line. Sure. Do you think you're going to do a, a bottle run or a canning run or a little, little yeah. mixture of both? Yeah. Like which, which vessel do you prefer? Uh, versus, yeah, that's hard to say. So there's something that's great about a six pack of cans when you're like 
you got to go somewhere and you got to just grab it, throw in the bag, get the cans. There's something that's nice about glass though, too. And, you know, when you're paying upwards to 10 to 15 bucks for a bottle and, you know, it's nice to at least have it in a glass, you know, it's something special, you know, it's packaged like that. I mean, we all know that a can is technically the best package there is for beer, but uh, I don't know. I, I, there's they both have their their day right you know could you speculate at all like what types of beers would be in like a six pack uh from us yeah, or from you i mean uh no i i can i couldn't tell you right now early days this. early it, days it's all too right. early for that right. you know that takes the decision making of a whole team uh-huh. but you know it'd be nice to have our ipa in a six pack and be able to sell it in-house here and just have people come in and grab a six pack and take it out the door. I mean, maybe some tall cans. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where that goes. So if somebody was wanting to start brewing for themselves, what would be some advice you could give them? They just got a homebrew kit for their birthday and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, sure. I would immediately go into like the intermediate mode. I don't think I, I would go all grain right away. You can get your first batch under your belt with extract and make a giant mess on your counter and, you know, see that you even like the idea of it. Do that before you spend a lot of money, but quickly move it outside just for the sake of your sanity and cleaning up a mess. Because that that counter is never the same again <laughs> yeah, after that. Yeah. Yeah. Once you <laughs> once you've done a boil over on a counter, you know, and what if it's not glass top, you know, if it's just like a oh. burner, it's it makes a mess. It's just caramelized sugar everywhere. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. And so move it outside. Don't be too scared to do your own ideas. Like, you know, look at if you don't have any experience, look at the recipes, but dude, come on, like you can do anything. You can add rosemary in it or do anything you want. You don't have to follow the recipes of the homebrew shop a hundred percent. The sooner you get on your own, the better. And who's inspiring you locally? Like who constantly inspires you with the beers that they're creating to better what you're doing yourself? I would say probably the whole community. I mean, like when you start a brewery and especially on a, like the scale that we're at, you really don't have time to go to other breweries. I know that I'll go, I'll go quite a while before I see some of my peers and they'll be like, where have you been? I'm like, I'm still working 12 hour days every day. I don't, when I hear of a new beer, I follow people on social media and I like try to see what people are coming out with. And when there's something new and exciting, I go and I find out what they're doing. And I'll go support them and I'll go try their beer and I'll be like, damn, this was really good. Everyone seemed to come out with some, you know, Chuck and Nut has amazing lagers and I, their Oktoberfest is really good. We got an Oktoberfest coming out uh, here pretty soon and I hope it's somewhere re- presentable compared to theirs, you know? I mean, it'd be great if it was as good or better, but what you got to hope to, you got to put Chuck and as the standard, especially in this town. Aslan's come out with some pretty creative IPAs. I've always been a fan of uh, Colshan. You know, I just kind of like the the vibe that they have going there. And I I like that they seem to be a very blue collar brewery. So I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. everyone's got their place. I mean, yeah. I like them all. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks for uh, coming in. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and big thank you to Chris down at Gruff. Thank you so much for your time, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and tell a friend, share this episode, let them know all about Bellingham craft beer and how awesome it is. We can't do this without you. You've been listening to Tapped In, a production of the Bellingham Tap Trail. I'm Aaron Johnson, who edited and produced this episode, and our content director is Scott Pelton. We'll catch you next time right here on Tapped In. Tapped In.